So in this year of, of this past year, 2020, I've learned a lot about opposition in my life. And one of the things that's been just really, really important for me um, is to remember the stories, other stories of God's people, because I think that there is this, um, this way that we lean into a belief that's not true. And the belief is that like, if I live for God and if I love God and if I'm following God and being obedient to God, that I'm not gonna have issues. And the Bible is full of stories that show that that is not the case. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Building Blocks, a seven-part weekly podcast series released in conjunction with our Building God's Way teaching series through the book of Nehemiah. Each week, we're going to talk with a member of our staff or leadership team about tools we can use if we are going to build our lives God's way. And today, I am joined by Pastor Judah Sanders, Bridgeway's young adult pastor and online pastor. And Judah and I are going to talk about uh, what do we do when we face opposition. Now, Judy, you just mentioned that I think we can sometimes sort of live with this idea that, hey, if I'm if I'm following Jesus, if I'm seeking to honor him, I'm not going to I'm not going to face opposition. Like things are just going to always go well for me. And as you mentioned, that's just not the case. And, and I wonder and I'm, I'm just asking your opinion here. Where do you think that idea comes from? That Like everything is going to be just like roses and puppy dogs if we're kind of, you know, seeking to follow Jesus. Yeah, well, I, I think we know just kind of inherently um, that the sinful world that we live in is like not God's design, right? And yeah. that's what our Bible teaches us too. And so I think that we think that as we are trying to move away from kind of our own sinful natures um, and, and live into God's dream for us, that like the rest of the world is going to be in perfect alignment with that at the same time that that we are, Right. Um, so I think that that's that's a part of what fuels that belief. But also, I mean, there's this this age old question of the problem of pain uh, and the reality that we struggle with the idea of God being all knowing and all powerful and all loving, but also like bad things happening. And because we do struggle with that, I think we lean into, again, this idea that, okay, if I am in alignment with God, then I shouldn't experience challenge and pain and hardship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so for you, for you, Pastor Brian, um, when you see people or maybe even you yourself have kind of leaned into the, the, the struggle of like, hey, I'm trying to do the right thing and, and I'm still dealing with challenges. Um, where do you direct people? You know, where do you where do you direct yourself? How do you kind of reconcile your reality with your expectation? Yeah, well, I think that that. In opposition, there's always opportunity, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. That kind of sounds mm-hmm. clever, and I'm not saying it to try to be clever, but but I think that there is there's opportunity in opposition in a few different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Number one is it's an opportunity for kind of self reflection because mm-hmm. opposition can be a sign that we think we're doing things right and we're just not right. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be it can be a sign that that's what's going on. It could also be a sign that we're looking for advice and counsel from the wrong people, right? Uh, it can be a sign that, uh, man, we're upsetting the status quo and maybe that status quo needs to be upset. But Pastor Lance talked this last weekend in in the teaching about how the status quo exists because it's benefiting someone. So Mm. if you're going to upset the status quo, you're going to upset somebody. Again, even if that's a status quo that needs to be be upset. Uh, So to, to put it back to you, I, mean, I don't know, just as you reflect on kind of your own life and ministry and personal life and all of that, I, I think just a key question that a lot of us have to wrestle with 
is that like, okay, I'm facing opposition. Maybe I'm facing criticism. Mm. How do I go about determining if this is criticism I need to listen to? Uh, if this really, is this a voice of God telling me I'm on the wrong track? Or is this something that I need to kind of push through and maybe kind of navigate my way through and, and not let it not knock me off track? H- how do you go through, how do you kind of work that out in your own mind? Yeah. So there are a couple things for, for me. Um, one, I, I always triage um, God's will for my life, my own thoughts, my own behavior by scripture. Um, I think that that's kind of the first base. And so if the opposition that I'm facing in my life is also consistent with um, criticisms that we see uh, from God. And of course, you know, there's context and all that, but, um, if, if, if it's, if it's inconsistent with scripture, then that, that's a flag. That just means that it's something for me to consider. But I think the other thing, and, and and it's really important, perhaps equally important. Um, I think you, you gotta have community, right? I think listening to the voice of God is a communal exercise. And, uh, I, so I think that having some folks and, and it gets testy because I think that we need, to have a community of folks who also like love Jesus, right? But I think that there still has to be diversity in that community. And sometimes it's hard to find both of those things at the same time, but there's this great book, um, it's called The Five Voices and it's it's a leadership book and it talks about how different people, you know, kind of the five dominant ways that people and teams communicate. And it's, it's beautiful because it really encourages us to have all the different voices. And I, I think that, translating kind of that idea of having a diverse set of voices that love Jesus around you to help you determine what do I do with this opposition? Where is it coming from and how do I handle it? I think that that's really, really, really critical um, to figuring out how to handle, how to handle opposition. Um, For you, is, is it the same or do you, I mean, do you use something else? Well, and I think something that, that Pastor Lance brought up over the weekend was he, he brought up this just incredible quote that he and I both heard it in the same place from Pastor Ray Johnson over at Bayside. I have tried to figure out who originally said this quote, and I can't, but it's so brilliant. Yeah. The idea that don't take criticism from anyone you would not go to for wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and there are layers to that quote, because I don't know about you, but I, I realize I've, I've had many times over the years where I've let the criticism of strangers, I've let the criticism of people who uh, I, I knew were just not the sort of people that I need to be listening to. I've let that sort of bury its way into my heart. And that's just not, that's just, nothing good comes from that. But the flip side of that is to say, okay, who am I going to for wisdom? Yeah. <laughs> you reference this idea of community that you got to have people around you. And if I, I think, man, we can get in so much trouble if there aren't people that we trust to give us wisdom. And then that subsequently we're able to sort of give them authority in our life to say, okay, if this person's coming to me and saying, Hey man, I think something's off track. Like, all right, I'm not going to get defensive. I'm not going to kind of make a bunch of excuses. I'm not going to do all the things we say to try to get out from underneath (laughs) criticism, but I'm just going to say, okay, this is somebody who's for me. This is somebody who I trust and who's wise. I'm going to listen uh, I'm going to listen to what they have to say now. But even with that being said, I, I think anyone who's listening that, to this can can relate to the idea of just discouragement. Mm. That when I, I don't know, my, life has taught me that if you don't want to get criticized, just mm. don't do anything. Like if you try to do anything yeah. or you try to help people, you're going to get criticized. And 
of course, you always want to be kind of open and, and, you know, and we've talked about that, but discouragement is a huge thing. And, and again, I think anybody listening to this can relate to that. What advice would you give to somebody? Just how do you avoid kind of giving into discouragement if you're facing criticism and opposition, especially if you feel like you're, you're trying to do the right thing? Yeah. Um, well, I think there are a couple of things. One, I, I don't know that we can always avoid discouragement. I think we, yeah. we face that in seasons. And I think, I know for me, a part of it in ministry and, and to have ministry longevity is to say, okay, there are times where I get there and I just can't stay there all the time. Yeah. And so also like having that conversation again, to sound like a broken record with your community and saying, hey, folks who love me and know me and understand me and know where I, where I am, you know, I do have flaws or I am messing up. There are gonna be times where I'm down and I need you to come and drag me out of that. I need you to come yeah. and get me sometimes. I think the second thing though, is we see this example from Jesus where like he was always going away to like these quiet places and yeah. spending time with God. And um, I know that when I am being more um, cavalier with that or not doing it as much as I should, uh, that that shows up in the, the level of motivation and encouragement that I have. And so I think that uh, it's just critical uh, to stay in God's face uh, just yeah. as, a, as a discipline um, to be encouraged and renewed. Uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is is the comforter, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we're not engaging with the Holy Spirit, right, uh, we're going to miss out on, on some of that comfort. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit um, being the power source, right? Uh, and yeah. Acts, you know, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so yeah. I think just making sure uh, that we're staying in God's face is is critical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that and that gets us to I think an important part of all of this is just the aspect of of prayer and connection with God in in all of that. Um, man, I don't know about you, but I know that when I'm just sort of operating in my own strength, or I'm just going off of my own kind of reacting to whatever's around me, I, I tend to you know I just use the word react. I tend to be very reactive, and mm -hmm. I tend I can be a little bit sort of sharp, and yeah. I can you know occasionally saying things that I live to live to live to regret. Same. But but I find that when something about being in God's presence, something about just taking the time to say, okay, I'm just going to slow down and pray about this, yeah. that there is a, that there's a calming effect that comes mm. from that. Yeah. And that there's almost yeah. like, you know, we just spent this whole month of January talking about lament and that part of lament is you start out kind of angry and complaining and telling God why everything's wrong. And then like counterintuitively, that process gets you to a place where you can be like, well, actually, God, I guess I do really trust you, you know, and it doesn't make sense, but it works. And, and I think in the same way that when facing opposition to be able to be like, okay, God, is there anything here for me? Yeah. I think that it, it gives us space to kind of calm ourselves down, let, let our blood pressure come down a little bit, be, be a little bit more reflective, be, be open to the voice of God and say, okay, I don't want to just react. Yeah. I want to, I want to say, okay, God, is there something you do? Cause, cause what, what does God do? God, the Holy spirit convicts us of sin. He, he draws us into holiness and he right. does that in a very gentle way that we can <laughs> receive. And, and that, I, I mean, I'm just really glad that you brought that up because I think it's just critical to the whole process. Well, and I think, you know, something Pastor Lance reminded us of over the weekend that I think is really, really helpful is that he reminded us uh, that people are not our enemies. That, that people yeah. are never our enemies, which is really, really hard to get your mind around. <laughs> For me, like, it sounds good. It's nice and fuzzy and warm. But I'm like, no, he broke into my car. He's my enemy. <laughs> you know, whatever the case is. 
he reminded yeah. us of, of that and, and that we do face principalities and, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so I think that 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 spending time with God peace, it reminds us of that, that you know, like these battles are supernatural and they help us. I think I think it helps us to um, always be taking steps towards seeing the folks that maybe we would naturally call our enemies and maybe are really harmful. I mean, I don't want to pretend that like the opposition from people doesn't show up in real ways that impact our lives. Sure. But yeah. I think that it helps remind us that like, you know what, you're bothering me with your opposition, but this isn't really about you. And really it's not about me. There is there is a bigger thing happening. Uh, and I just know that for me, I need to be reminded of that uh, pretty, pretty constantly. And yeah. so for you, um, how do you, I, I guess, like stay open to the, the reality that like sometimes opposition may not be from like the devil or from people, but like <laughs> it may be like God doing something different in, in your yeah. life or moving you in a different direction. How do you, how do you handle that? So uh, I think like roughly 100% of people, I don't handle that perfectly, but uh, it is something that I've given a lot of thought to and a lot of consideration to. So, so I think that I've, I've grown in this area. And, and to me, a, if I were to make a list of sort of like Brian's core values, very high on that list would be non-defensiveness. That, that if I get into a defensive posture, really nothing good comes from that. I, I've never been in a conversation with somebody where, or observed a conversation where somebody gets very defensive, which, which I would define defensiveness as, uh, well, for obviously the nature of the word is you're just in the defending yourself posture. And because of that, you're unable to receive and consider what is being said. You're just reacting to it. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I think uh, defensiveness is just so destructive so, so what I try to do instead is say, okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna listen to to criticism, I want to listen to it, I want to receive it, I want to process it, and then I want to respond to it. Now, that does not mean that I'm a doormat. That does not mean that I don't push back appropriately. Uh, especially, I mean, you know, I think I think I irritate people with this a lot. That I'm big on like, okay, what's actually true and what's actually going on. Let's not let's not talk about feelings when we're talking about things that are like true or not, right? Um, but I realized that even in, in getting too kind of in the weeds in that, that that can come across as very defensive. But I just want to I want to be able to be very rational and very sort of even keel. And if I'm facing criticism, I want to start even if let's say, Judy, you and I are in a conversation and you've got, you know, you're you're bringing your laundry list of complaints. And chapter I'm listening. One. Right, oh, yeah, chapter one. That's right. And I'm going, OK, I think 90 percent of this is off base. Mm then in my response to you, I want to start with the 10%. Mm. I want to start with the 10% and say, okay, here's what you have said. Mm. And man, I need to receive that. And, and you are right about this. And then I don't want to quickly move on from it. I want to say, okay, what is it? You're upset with me about this. What does it look like for, for me to make amends? What does it look like for me to fix it? And then, you know, now we might go to, Hey, listen, you've said this, this, and this, and man, we got to, man, we need to talk about this. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily agree or whatever the case may be. But I want to start from a place of receiving and being willing to change as opposed mm -hmm. to just pure reaction. I, I don't know. How about you? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I, there's this huge bridge between um, like all of the things that I struggle with in life and like humility, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that humility is really about, it's an identity issue. 
And so for me, if I can um, make peace, right, with the fact that like, yo, like I do have issues and I do mess up and, you know, I, I that is an ongoing journey. Yeah. Um, I find that if I'm really intentional about kind of just embracing that and embracing like, who does God say I am, that sort of thing in those moments that aren't heated and aren't full of opposition, it builds the muscle for yeah. when I am in moments of opposition to default kind of to that posture of humility. Now, I'm not great at it. It is still um, a, a work in progress. Um, but I think, and I think to, to the idea of like, okay, well, what if the opposition is from God? What if God is saying, hey, no, um, I say this a lot and I don't remember what brilliant author wrote it or where I heard it, but it's been really helpful to me. Um, and, and it's just this idea that um, God, uh, God, God's self, the actual God in, in God's full truth, right, is actually a real threat to my ideas about God, right? Hmm. And wow. so they're right, 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 right. Yeah. And so it always is allows me to hold space for like whatever I think and whatever I want and whatever I believe and whatever I believe is right. Like the actual God may be in a different position from me. And, and then you couple that with like, and God chooses me and loves me anyway. So yeah. I can um, receive that opposition, so to speak. I can receive kind of that change, of course. And remember that God's opposition is not just to be against you. The Bible says God is for you. So if right. God is opposing something you're doing or something that's happening in your life, it is also to change your course and put yeah. you in the better place. And that's really yeah. comforting to me. So it allows me to lead yeah. in. That's super good. It reminds me of something that I was, I was reading this last week. Uh, just this super simple point that, that the author of this book I was reading was talking about sin. And he said that God doesn't punish you for sin. Sin punishes you. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, that's sort of how it works. Like that's sin, right. like by its very nature is destructive. So what God does is he tries to turn us from that so that, uh, you know, so that we can avoid the pain and the harm that is going to, that is going to come. So I, I think, I don't know, that's, that's when an idea that kind of came to came to my mind as you were talking. And, and that's why I just think that, man, it, it's such a balance. I, I think mm -hmm. maintaining that openness to, okay, is the voice of God telling me something needs to change while at the same time, not getting overwhelmed by just the random sort of pot shots and critics and, and things like that. Um, la last question I've got for you, unless you say something really brilliant that makes me think of another one is, yeah. <laughs> is uh, how have you grown? through facing opposition and, and criticism? How, how has God used that in your life to, to help you grow and make you better? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, especially in 2020, that has been, um, I think, really powerful in terms of growing through opposition um, is learning uh, that I really do trust myself. Hmm. Um, and not just because of myself, but because I've been journeying with God for a while and I, I had to make some really hard decisions in 2020. I had to make decisions about my health. I had to make decisions about my relationship. I had to make decisions about where I was working. Um, and there was a lot of opposition to a lot of those choices, a lot of opposition. Um, and so there was this, this beautiful moment where I was making these decisions that weren't necessarily popular with with some some folks I really love. Yeah. And I was able to see that like, 
you know what i i actually i i actually can trust myself not only myself and not you know all the time i always need to have community and for sure everything has to be filtered through god um but but just this idea of like judah earns judah's trust mm, um, yeah has been really really powerful for me and allowed me to make decisions and something that pastor lance um i don't know if he said it this sunday but he he is we we've talked about it um in in other in other settings i think he did say it this sunday he said um that people can be well-meaning and good loving god-fearing yeah. people and also just not like hearing the voice of the holy spirit <laughs> uh in in the way that allows them to be in alignment with what god is doing yeah um and so to trust that like i do hear from god and not just because oh it's what i want to do but also yeah. but because like yo like i'm i'm in my bible i am throwing yeah. myself in god's face yeah and um so that's that's something that's been really powerful for me what about you what have you yeah, man I, I think i think that ability to trust yourself is 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 huge and i uh, and I love that. And I, and I think we can get caught up in a lot of just get locked up in our own heads because, you know, we don't trust ourselves. Uh, I think something that I've learned is, is I'm actually going to take sort of the opposite approach as much as I, I think what you just shared is awesome. And I, I completely agree. And I've experienced that myself is I, I think the ability to, to be wrong yeah. and to acknowledge that you were wrong Good. and be okay with it is, yeah. is an underrated sort of life skill. <laughs> Uh, I think too often we get so attached to our opinions or so attached to our initial beliefs that we see any opposition to that as some sort of attack on our identity. That's and and it's just, and it's, and it's just not right. So, so as much as I want to always be careful so that I'm not wrong on purpose, I, I always, always, always want to be open to the fact that maybe I'm wrong and to actually see that there is beauty in being shown to be wrong because guess what you don't have to be wrong anymore right? it's like you 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 were wrong whether you realized it or not but there is actually a gift that if if judy you come to me and you point something out about my way of thinking that is just simply not correct you have you have as you know you're obviously somebody that i trust you have done me a great service because what have you done you have prevented me from persisting in my wrongness and if I'm I love the way you're framing it. <laughs> and if I'm and if I'm unable to receive that mm. man I'm only going to continue to do damage so man are there again are, are there critics that need to be ignored absolutely are there uh types of opposition that are only destructive absolutely but man I, I just always want to be the sort of per whether it's in talking with family members whether it's in leadership whether it's with friends leading the church whatever where I'm always open to the possibility that I'm wrong and I'm willing to change. But at the same time, I have kind of like you said, the trust in myself to say, no, I, I really think I'm right on this. So I want to non-defensively and persuasively advocate for this point of view because I really feel like it's what God, God's calling and, me to do. And with the tools, right? Like, like, right. like I want to filter my, hey, I think I'm right. Scripture, community yeah. diverse community but that 100 percent. i want to use all of those tools at my disposal yeah um, and not for the sake of being right but for the sake of being right does that make sense yeah well not for the sake, sake of the feeling right but for sure. the sake of like wanting to be in the right place and do the right thing 
and that there's a benefit beyond like you're doing it to serve others and to serve serve God and all of that, not just like, hey, look at me. I'm right. I was right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, hey, this is really fun. Thanks, Judah, for your wisdom and sharing with us today. Thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed Building Blocks. Make sure you go back and listen to episode one if you missed it with Pastor Paul. That was really fun. Yeah, so we'll be good. back next week with another episode. And make sure you're in church or online this weekend as Pastor Lance leads us in part three of Building God's Way through the book of Nehemiah. Thanks to Lucian Hughes, our amazing audio engineer, who's going to take this and make it sound amazing. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.